we're looking at different verses and passages throughout the summer that that uh, some have said, well, you know, when we're discussing this, is it, are these passages that pump us up? Well, in some cases, in this case, it may be more of a, a, a verse that just really um, gives me great solace, great comfort. And uh, it's uh, from uh, Matthew chapter 11. So I'm going to show you that in just a moment. But it, it really does deal with this whole um, sort of the antithesis of, of, of being a, you know, <laughs> being poison <laughs> uh, and drinking from a poison well and so forth because uh, that's a bad place to be. And, and some of us have been there a few times in a little poisonville. And uh, that's not a good place to be. And uh, you have influence and influence people in ways that aren't, that aren't very productive and certainly in your own life as well. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that from Matthew chapter 11, all right? And uh, this is a verse that over the years has really come to mean a lot to me. And, and you're going to, by the way, you're going to hear that phrase a lot today, over the years, because I had a birthday yesterday, and it's still, I'm still a little raw, and uh, I didn't have a problem with 40, never had a problem with 50. The 60 thing has given me a few problems, okay? I just, 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 not, physically I'm great. I'm, I'm healthy, and thank God, and, and, uh, and uh, can take on any 30-year-old probably, just about anything he wants to, you know, except, except long drives. But, um, um, but no, the 60 thing, and people, you know, they mean well, and I've said it myself, they say, oh, it's just a number. I'm like, yeah, well, wait 10 years and see how you feel, dirtball. Um, so, um, so... You're, this phrase, over the years, uh, it's kind of reflective for me, particularly as I think about this verse, which has been there uh, for me, so to speak, and for us, Charlene and I as well, uh, over the years. It's just been one of those verses and one of those concepts you continually cling to. So so bear with me on that. And I know some of you are thinking, uh, gosh, your birthday finally came and went. It seemed like it's been here for about a month. And it, it, we had like a month-long celebration almost, a different, couple different surprise parties and things like that. So, so we're good. We're good. We're done now. But um, in light of that, let me, let me take you here and show you this. Oh, yes, by the way, in case you haven't noticed before, it started a couple weeks ago. This was a birthday present as well. Um, I'm now using my notes on my iPad. Go, let's just get it out there, all right? Let's just get it out there. Um, it, it, it's cool, and, um, and it, 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 the stuff I write on here is better after I write it on an iPad than I do with my computer, whatever. Anyway, so just so you know, we'll get that out of the way. Um, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, great verse, just read it with me. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. Now, what does that mean? What's, the, what's weary? I'm not tired. I never get tired. You know, is that what that means? Well, sometimes we get tired of certain things. And I want to come back to that passage. St. Augustine, love his stuff. If you ever get, you know, Augustine, anything you read by him is great. Uh, Augustine said this, I have, or Augustine, depending on where you come from, um, I have read in Plato and Cicero sayings that are wise and very beautiful. But I have never read in either of them, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And then one other other thing, uh, an old-time preacher back in the uh, 
many years ago. His name is Oswald Chambers. He also wrote a lot of uh, devotional books that you could read, like have, have a devotional for a day and so forth. Oswald Chambers, great old-time preacher. He said this, and I just wanted to share this with you because it has to do with this verse. The questions that matter in life are remarkably few, and they are all answered by the words, come unto me. Not do this or don't do that, but come unto me. And that just sort of epitomizes, encapsulates for, for me some of my feelings about this verse and, and what it means, because what the verse is saying that these people are weary, that'd be me and you, weary and, and, and tired of hard toil. That's one of the ways this is translated. It's the idea of being weighted down with the struggles of living in a broken world with broken people who do broken things of which you are one, by the way, and I am too. And you get tired of that sometimes. You get tired of disappointment and, and, and all the struggles of life, and, 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 it, and it becomes a heavy load. And, and that's what Jesus is talking about here. When you get to that point, and there are many ways that happens. I want to just kind of go and enumerate a few for you, just to kind of stimulate your thought a little bit to get you thinking. And, uh, and hopefully uh, you will also, as, as we have and as I have, find great solace and comfort in the, these, words, in these words of our Lord. Um, so what does it mean? What is the weariness, this heavy burden, this heavy load? What is it? And, and I, I could go on, you know, I could list probably 40 or 30 things or 50 things. I got just five real simple things. I'm just going to hit them real quick and, and spend more time on, on some than others. I mean, one of those burdens is just sinful regrets. You have any of those sinful regrets? Maybe, maybe you know about them and nobody else does. Maybe some people know about them. But a sinful regret are those things that you've done that you're just really sorry for. You wish you hadn't done it. You sometimes, you sometimes when you think about it, still feel guilty about it. And uh, it's, you know, it's kind of like that song. I, I, I've talked about that song before, the, the Frank Sinatra slash Elvis Presley song. Um, I did it my way, you know, regrets, I have a few, but then again, too few to mention. You know, that's baloney, okay? I think I can just talk the way I want to talk now that I'm over 60. I just, no, anyway. um, That's BS. Here's how I would rewrite that song. Regrets, I got a lot. Way too many to mention, you know? And that's true for all of us, unless you're, Unless you're a wooden person or something, or never, you know, unless you're some kind of a, you know, you know, crazy person, um, sinful regrets and, and things that you've done, and maybe it's conversation, maybe it's something recently you've done or been a part of, or conversations you've been a part of, or or maybe deals that were really a little little un, unseemly, or or however that might work for you. Maybe some things you shouldn't be looking at. Um, listen, we all have sinful regrets, and and and, and don't miss this part. That's why Jesus came. That's why Jesus came. For people like me and for people like you who have these sinful regrets. And to give us the ability, and I'm going to talk about this in two weeks on the 4th of July, and to give us the ability to, to not go there again, not be enslaved to that stuff. Have some freedom. So that's one of them, sinful regrets and sinful uh, and the guilt that goes along with that. Recognize that for what it is. Thank God for the forgiveness that comes through Jesus. Accept that and have the ability 
through God's grace to go. Jesus, Jesus, come to me. Come to me with that 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 guilt and that that continued regret. I shouldn't have been a part. That's why Jesus came. That's one of them. Um, another one, just just to think along this way. Sometimes there are those non those non sinful life regrets. You think about that sometimes throughout the years. Well, you know, for instance. Why didn't I pursue a career in the NBA instead of becoming a minister? Why didn't I do that? I mean, yeah, I've had that thought. I mean, maybe it's because I'm 5'10". Maybe it's because I can't dunk a basketball and never have been able to. Maybe it's because I don't like tattoos. I don't know. Um, obviously, I think we all can pretty much guess why you didn't make it in the NBA. In the same way. But sometimes it's not quite like it. Sometimes it's, why did I pursue this avenue instead of this avenue? Why did I go to this school? Why didn't I go to this school instead of this school? Why didn't I? Why didn't I become, um, um, you know, a teacher instead of this, or a banker instead of this, or whatever it is you you might deal with? And and, and many of us at times in our lives start thinking about that, and sometimes we're able to to change and change course midstream, and that's great if you're able to do that. Sometimes you can't. Here's the point: one of the things that Jesus says is, "Come to me, listen." You come to him and, and you come to Christ and you, and you say, I, I've done the best with what I can. I've done the best with, with the tools that you, and the opportunities that I've given. And, and maybe I didn't take advantage of this or maybe I did or whatever. But there's some great comfort in knowing you can come to Christ and just say, you know, Lord, I have some regrets. They're not necessarily sinful regrets. But then you can take comfort in knowing, you know what, Jesus is like, I've still guided you. I've brought you this far. Thank God for that. Thank God for the gifts you do have and, and for the success, whatever you've had, uh, that you have had. Just, and just quit thinking about that. Give it to Him. Quit going there, so to speak. Another one. And this could be the worst addiction on the face of the earth. The, um, the heavy burden, the heavy load of pleasing others. Pleasing others. I'll tell you what, that's, that'll get you crazy fast. I mean, they'll really, they'll put you in a place where they have funny jackets and, and locks on the doors real quick. If you think you're going to have some success in pleasing others, because there are people in this world, and you probably know this, but you need somebody to tell you that loves you, there are people, there are people in this world you can do everything you can possibly do, and they're still not going to be happy, unfortunately. And until you're able to, to, to listen to the words of Christ who says, come to me. You know, you, you, you may disappoint Christ at times, but he's still going to accept you. You may not live up to the standard that he would have you to live up to, but he's still going to take you in because of his love and his, his unconditional acceptance of who you are and what you are. And, and it's not a matter of pleasing him. He, he, he accepts you no matter what. He's pleased with who you are no matter. may not be pleased with some of your actions. And that's why we have prayer. That's why we confess our sins. But uh, it's, it's, it's being able to come to Christ, not to people. Just the stresses, another one, just the stresses of life. You know, over the years, you start thinking about some of these things, and there are some issues of life that you just, sometimes they just, they just weigh on you. It's Father's Day, so I'll use one from, for, for Father's Day, you know, and, and mothers, too, you can listen, okay? Um, and those of you who are future fathers and mother, mothers, you can listen to. Um, 
you know, you're, you're a father and you, you think, well, you know, I got to do so, you know, do this and, you know, just get my kids through, just get them through college, just get that paid for and we're good, we're good. Everything, you know, everything's going to smooth out after that. Yeah, it doesn't end. Not your love and your care and your concern. And you get stressed over their positions and jobs, their life, work, their marriages. When they start having kids, no situations. They're a great blessing, grandkids and so forth. But, but all these things bring stress. And, and, and either you're going to let that just poison you, or you're going to listen to the words of Christ, come to me. Would it be about your kids, whatever grade, whatever age, whatever season of life they're in? Would it be about your situation at home? Would it be about your business? Jesus, bring that to, bring that to me and let me make your load light, you know? That's the issue here that he's making on this whole thing. All these are wrapped up when we start talking about the unknown. Let me just, let me just, let me just read this to you. Um, because another burden, another load that we bring to Christ is, is just our concerns about the future, um, future concerns. I'm going to read to you something I wrote. I only mentioned that because I wrote it on the iPad. Therefore, it has, it's kind of like being ex-cathedral. It, you, you just, it has more meaning here, a little more inspired, okay? So, so listen closely to this. Pretty, pretty darn good stuff. Um, the future for all of us is this big elephant in the room that is always there, but because of perceived security or stability, we're able to ignore it sometimes. In other words... The future is always here. It's always right there. It's unknown. It's unknown. But then we think we have security. We think we have stability. So we just kind of ignore, you know, that, that well, you know, that, that big elephant of unknown in the room because we're, we're, we're secure. We're good. We're good. Here's the problem with that. You never really know, do you? The guy that's, you know, resting on his $100 a share stock and he's doing really well and very thankful all of a sudden wakes up, and we, some of you know this happened in recent years, realizes that $100 a share stock is now worth about three bucks. That's, um, and some of you are thinking, gosh, Rich, it's Father's Day. I really didn't need to hear this this morning. You know, I've been through some of that. Some of you have. And if you're doing anything other than going to Christ with that stress, you're going to get poisoned eventually. Um, some of you, um, you know, it, it, it's, 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 I, I tell you an example I use, we, we've seen it here, you know, we, we have this thing for teachers, and it's, it's a, it, it, I think it's a good thing, I'm not sure, I don't understand all the ramifications of it, but it's called tenure, and, you know, they get to a particular point in their career, four years, and I think some at college level, it's a different thing, and they have to do some other stuff, but they get tenured, which means they have some level of security, um, and sometimes you have that in your job, you get vested or whatever you want to call it, uh, and so forth. Here's the issue with that. We're going through, as you know, if you live in New Jersey, we're going through some craziness in our, our budgets and so forth. All of a sudden, we're seeing some teachers who are tenured lose their jobs. Terrible thing that's happening. But my point is this, whether your stock went from $100 to $3, or whether you are a tenured or vested or whatever it might be, you know, it only takes a little dial here and a dial here and a dial here, and things can change overnight. 
If we've learned anything about that, we've learned that in the last few years. So my point is this. Sometimes the unknown future takes on a special intensity, okay? And, 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 and it, it takes on that special intensity because of, of a basically a toilet-shaped economy or a phenomenally misguided Congress or, or a particular presidential administration that is clueless. That could be true today for some of you, or that could have been true three or four years ago for some of you, right? Doesn't matter which side of the fence you're on there. Some of you think, well, that's where we are today. And some of you were thinking about three years ago, that's where we were then, you know? Doesn't really matter which side. You're going to feel that way at some time or another over the years. You just learn that stuff. So, so the point being, because of the unknown future, takes on the special intensity, and it might be something different than that. It might be marriage issues. Just really struggling with my marriage. And, and I don't know what's going to happen. Um, things aren't very good. And I don't know how long we can go on this way. Um, sometimes it might be health. You know, it's interesting to me that, that those friends that I've had, and it's been, there have been quite a few, who, who have ever heard the, the word cancer in any way related to their condition, even if it was, even if it was followed with, we can, we can get it and you'll, you're going to be okay, we believe. But everyone I know that's ever heard the word cancer that's related to their health, in one way or another, it changes your perspective on life. Because all of a sudden, the unknown becomes a little more intense. Sometimes it might be marriage issues, sometimes it might be health, sometimes it might be job losses or, or the, the threat of a job loss and your company's merged with another company and there are 12 people in your position and you're doing the math. What's going to happen here? Here's my point, and I want you to get this. The unknown future then becomes what I call the known unknown. Stay with me here. The known unknown. Something happens or is happening that is emphasizing to us, in your case, the future is really unknown. It was always unknown. We got kind of past that because we just sort of ignored it because I was secure, I was stable. But all of a sudden, now the future is really unknown. Just the next level of what's going on here. So now what are we going to do with that? Jesus is saying, come to me. Those of you who are just, just overwhelmed with the known unknown. You don't know what's going to happen because in your marriage, things are just not good. Or your health, we're just not sure. Or in, in your job, uh, it's, it's questionable. Jesus says, bring that to me. I can help. I can lighten the load. It's interesting. I'm a, I'm a big, um, as you know, probably, uh, if you know me very well, student of history. Um, love history. And I love reading biographies. I don't know. I've always loved reading biographies. I'm not sure how that ever started, but I remember from like, I don't know, first grade, I wanted to read biographies. Maybe it's because I'm a people person. I don't know. But I've, I've read a lot of biographies. and I've read Lincoln, I've several different biographies of Lincoln, and I always find myself, it's very interesting. I have this habit sometimes, not always, of I, I like talk. You ever do that, talk back to the book? You know, I talk to the book sometimes. Um, you, you're thinking, oh, my gosh. He turned 60, he's gone. Um, 
No, I mean, I'll be, I'll be reading a book, and, and I'll be like, like, like Lincoln. Um, uh, some of the biographies of Lincoln I've read, because I know the story so well, and I'm, even though I love hearing, reading another perspective, and I'll be reading like in, in 1859. Um, Lincoln's at the, I mean, he's just like, he's like in total depression. Some people think he either had or was on the verge of a nervous breakdown. Um, he had never won an election. He ran for four or five different things, never won an election. The woman he loved... Uh, died, um, and um, so I mean, he's just he's just you know kind of he's just, he just really in really tough shape. And I, I found myself reading, and I found myself, and I don't I don't remember exa- exactly how, where I was at the time when I I, st- I found myself saying, just hang on, Abe, just hang on, just give me two more years, two more years, you're going to be okay. Because I know this, because you know I've read the rest, you know I know the this, this stuff, you know, just just hang on. In two years are going to become president. Won't that be a treat, huh? Um, the, but you find yourself, and then you find yourself 18, 18 what, April 1865. You're reading along, same, same biography, any of those biographies, and, and you're reading how happy he is. He's very celebratory because the war now is just about over. And, 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 and the, the right side won, and justice is finally happening in, in, in America, or just beginning to happen, and, and, and so forth. So he's pretty happy about that. And, and he says, he did, he, did, he did what I would do. He, he says, I want to go to the theater. You know, I want to go, I want to, go to see a play. And I find myself, you know, talking to the book again. Don't go to the theater, Abe. Don't go. Don't go, to, don't go see American Cousin, that piece of crap play anyway. I don't, you don't go see that. Um, it, 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 don't go. You know, and, and, and of course, he goes every time. But I mean, the, the, issue, <laughs> the issue is here I am, you know, reading it, looking and thinking in my mind, oh, gosh, don't go to Ford Theater. Um, I wonder sometimes if, if God is, Jesus is sitting there saying, Rich, just hang on. I know how you feel. I, I know you. I, I, just hang on. You don't know what's coming. <laughs> I got some good. Just, just come on. Just hang on, because he he wrote the story, and it just gives us a different perspective when we follow the words of what our Lord says, which is, "Come to me, all you who are carrying these heavy loads around. I can help, and I will." And, and that's the issue here. The Apostle Peter spent a lot of time with the Lord. You know that. He probably, I don't know this, but he probably was with Jesus when Jesus actually gave these words about, come unto me, all ye who are heavy, who, are, who, who, need, who need rest. Because Jesus then, or excuse me, then Peter later on writes in his own words, later on in 1 Peter chapter 5, he writes this. Cast all your worries and cares, all your anxieties on him, for he cares about you. Peter knew that. He heard the Lord talk about that. Casting all your cares upon him because he cares for you. That's what Jesus is inviting us to do. It's comforting. There's soulless. You know what? There's, there's encouragement in that. I'll tell you a real quick story. Um, I've told a little bit of the story before, but... I turned 60. I tell stories over and over again. Okay, deal with it, all right? Um, um, you know, if Charlene has to deal with it, you have to deal with it. No. Um, I've told parts of the story before. It's been a long time. Maybe you've heard it. Maybe if, you, if, it's, if a little bit of it sounds familiar, you'll, you'll know you heard it here. Um, 
but it was when I was in, at the uh, pastor in, in uh, Colorado. And I had a friend. It was the first time I ever met a guy who, uh, the first guy I ever met actually with a doctorate degree from Harvard Divinity. So I was a little bit, I was a little bit intimidated by that. That was before I moved here where now I'm like, okay, ho-hum, let me take a nap and I'll talk to you. Anyway, um, no, I'm, I'm kidding about that. But, but um, I was intimidated then, but, but he just, I don't know, he's a guy, I told this part one time, he, 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 uh, one of the, he really weird guy, he'd come whenever he had a second home in Vail, he'd come whenever he had a chance, and, and I, I knew he didn't agree with hardly anything I would say, and I used to say, what do you come here for, Charlie? And he was like, I don't, I don't like what you say, but I like how you say it. I'm like, okay. So, um, never have understood that. But he used to come by my office every so often. I don't like what you say, but I like how you say it. Okay. You're welcome. Um, but he'd come by my office. I'd come by my office whenever he was in town, you know, once every three or four weeks. And he'd just want to talk about theology, the Bible, Jesus. And again, Everything I'd say, you know, he didn't believe in the Bible. He didn't believe the Bible had the authority. Uh, it didn't believe it was authoritative. The Bible was the word. Didn't believe that. It was the word of God. Didn't believe that. Didn't believe, I don't even believe Jesus was God. Um, just had all kinds of issues in which we had major disagreements. I mean, major, okay? But we would always have a very cordial discussion, and I would present my, here's why, here's why you got to believe this, and here's why, and he'd present his thing, and and, you know, I don't know what, what, why I did that, I don't know, but we did, and we did that several times. And I remember one time, well, one of the last times we met, actually, before I left, and, and he was, we were just talking, and I knew he, he was an old guy. I mean, he was like 60, and um, <laughs> can't believe I just said that. But he, uh, he, he had lost his wife to cancer, and, uh, and I just asked him, I said, um, well, tell me about that. He said, it was very difficult. And I said, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. He said, I said, so what did you do? And he said, you know, Rich, at the end of the, end of the day, I, I, I would just find myself casting myself at the, at the feet of Jesus. That's all I knew to do. And I'm like, wow. And not that say it all? You can rationalize all you want. You can think through all this. You want to Here at the end of the day, he says, I could only come to Jesus. And you know what? Here's the thing. With all of his questions, with all of his doubts, with all of his skepticism, Jesus says, come to me. Come to me. I'm here for you. And he does that with all of us. Every time. Last verse. Same verse that we just read in the message paraphrase. Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Yeah. I am. Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Let's pray together. Lord God, these are amazing truths. And I pray that we that the Spirit of God would would give us the ability to comprehend for some of us the umpteenth time to come just to come to you with our issues, in prayer and say, God, Jesus, here I am again with all these issues. I want to just give them to you. For some, Lord, it it might be the first time that they're here and they're going to just come to you with this. I pray that you would give them the, 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 the nudge that they need to cross that line, whether it be a faith or whether it be out of desperation with faith intertwined. We thank you, Lord, for your love and for your grace and that you say to us, come to me. 
and I'll give you rest. We thank you for that, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.